Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor, I'm here with Mike, and we're excited to be with you today. We're going to jump right into it. Um, the topic for the podcast today is really a question, and it's how can I know that I'm really loving other people in the body? And obviously, if you think about that, even for a second, you realize that that quick, pretty quickly gets us down into deep kind of heart you know, levels. Uh, it's one thing to say, obviously, that you love somebody, but we're going to try to maybe just give some ideas, some handholds, some things to think about on the podcast today to help you evaluate how am I doing with this command to, to love other people in the body? And I think we could even extend that um, maybe with some application outside of the body as well. Uh, but Mike, let me kick it to you. Um, you've done some teaching on this and you've been talking about how this idea of, of love is being just really fronted in your mind right now. Do you want to just speak to that and then maybe we'll just go from there? Okay. Well, good morning, everybody, or good day. Um, so, you know, I recently preached through First Thessalonians and then went into Second Thessalonians. And the, the title of the, of the uh, series in First Thessalonians was Beloved. So how those beloved of God in Christ become more and more beloved to one another in light of the return of Christ and for fruitful ministry and all of that. But it's, you know, as Jesus said, um, they will know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. And there's this prayer at the end of First Thessalonians 3, and it just says this, Now may our God and Father himself... And our Lord Jesus, direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness, so the the glory of God in holiness, before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. So it's got this end game of like the glory of God and the return of Christ, but it's increasing and abounding in love for one another. So Mm. overflow the banks to bless others with love. Well, what struck me recently is as I was thinking about this and I go through a whole year, you know, of focusing on this and I'm reading about, you know, I did a big project on, on, I used, um, John Owen and even, um, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer about unity and love in the body of Christ. And I was thinking about that. And then I, I, there were some things that happened at Grace Orange, even through the whole COVID era and how I, I, saw that maybe some people weren't as loving as they could be. And it was easy to say, wow, that's, that's not good. That's not right. But what it, what it did in my own heart was I realized just recently that some of the people that have caused some issues or that have, you know, maybe even I feel like, man, they're not being very loving that I had to admit, I don't like them very much. And I remember when I was a kid, my mom would say, Michael, I love you, but I don't like you right now because of the way you're acting, you know, and uh, every parent probably says that to their kids at some time or thinks it. But I remember thinking to myself, wait a minute, I'm thinking about people who maybe have caused some trouble or don't like me or whatever I think about that and how they treat me or how they treat others. But I thought, I realized I don't like them. I had to admit it. And I realized how, how unloving I often am. And I always, and I think oftentimes, well, that person has a bad motive. And so they've done this and, and then it flavors my interactions, my thinking towards them. And my love to them is often what I would call fake love. And I asked the question to a couple groups recently. I said, okay, when was the last time that you engaged in dissimulation or that you acted in a dissimulating way? Like Connor, do you remember the last time that you were uh, engaging in dissimulation? So I was, I was, I have uh, the cheat that I was in both of these groups that you asked this question. And the first time I immediately reached for my phone because I thought, oh boy, if I get pegged to the wall on this one, I have no idea what that word means. So, uh, 
now I know, but Mike, you should explain because okay. it's helpful to, yeah. So to I walk became down this a, road. Yes. I became a believer in 1982. I was a student at Long Beach state and I was, uh, part of the ministry of Downey First Baptist Church. I was hearing the gospel over and over for a year and a half, and God finally broke me of my pride and, and brought me to repentance and drew me to himself by grace and mercy and was so kind to me and saving me, forgiving me and giving me new life. And my first Bible uh, that I started reading was a little Gideon's Bible that they would hand out in the hallways at CSULB at Long Beach State, and uh, it was a King James. So I had this New Testament Psalms and Proverbs, little tiny pocket edition. And I started reading Romans 12. I really wanted, I, I, I latched onto Romans 12. I was like, I want my life to be like this. And I get to Romans 12, 9, and it says, let love be without dissimulation. And I was like, for the longest time, I had no idea what it meant, but I just kept reading it, okay? Yeah. So yeah, I don't want, I don't want to have, but I knew it was negative right, because yeah. it was like, let love be without <laughs> dissimulation, right? So don't have that. And I'm like, well, it's bad. So don't let your love be bad, you know, but I did not know what the word meant until I got a new American standard Bible given to me. Probably I'm going to say six months to a year later. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I went a long time with the dissimulation word, just going, well, <laughs> don't be like that. <laughs> okay. So like stay away from the negative, you know, connotation. Don't be hateful. Okay. Be loving. So, and then I realized it, it's, um, it reads, let love be genuine. It, dissimulation, it means without hypocrisy. So without dissimulation, without hypocrisy, uh, the idea of, um, you know, acting on a stage, being a hypocrite. Mm. And um, so the idea there, you know, the idea is don't pretend, have a genuine love, don't have a hypocritical love. And what, what kind of hit me right between the eyes was that I had to admit that there were certain people in the body and Christians I knew that I had fallen into, slipped into a mode of really not liking them and kind of letting their, maybe their, bad behavior or perceived bad behavior flavor the way I thought of them. And this just, then it's, it's easy to cut people down in size in that regard, even in your mind. And I just found that I, I had to admit my love has some hypocrisy to it. It's kind of when you say to, Oh, I love you, but, or I love mm. them, but, and mm. then you go into, you launch into something you shouldn't be saying about them. So yeah. that's kind of the idea. And I, and I, and I delved, I dove down deeper into Romans 12, nine. So let love be without hypocrisy. But then it says, abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Well, there's some deep, deep meaning in there that, that really brings out what it really means to have a genuine love. So abhor what is evil, like stay away from the evil of your own sin. Don't go look at what you think is evil and, and stay away from it from someone else, which you should stay away from evil. But think about the own evil of your own heart and despise it. Uh, deny yourself, you know, repudiate yourself on this, uh, abhor what is evil, hate it bitterly. And it's a strong um, feeling of horror that's being expressed. Mm. So it's emphasizing too this idea of separation. You don't want to be near evil, but when you see it in your own heart, that that's a scary thing at times. And you're like, but for the grace of God, go I, right? And it's yeah. like only by God's mercy. But then it tells you cling to what is good. So get glued, literally glue, unite, cement together with what is good. And this idea of joining firmly together with what is good is that's the attachment there to what is good is, is what illustrates that bond. It's to be in marriage. 
So it illustrates, um, it's really illustrated by the bond of marriage, cleaving, you know, the leaving your family and cleaving yeah. to your wife yeah. and stick to like glue. And so I, it just made me think, okay, so, so how do I know if my love's genuine? And I think that's what you're probably pointing to now. I, I think let's try to push into that because I had this feeling, um, you know, when they do those surveys to drivers in America and somehow 90% of people think they're in like the top 10%, you know, of of drivers, like no one really thinks, you know, or a few people at least would say, Oh yeah, that's, I'm in that bottom 5%. And I wonder sometimes, you know, if maybe with, in respect to this idea about love, if it might be a lot the same, you know, in the church, who really is out there thinking, Oh, I, I know I'm the one who doesn't love everybody. Like, you know, almost nobody, uh, thinks that way. I bet most people have this sense of, Oh, I'm, you know, I do love people and maybe, you know, maybe they're suppressing or pushing down some thoughts, feelings, things happening inside of them that are maybe a manifestation of a lack of love. So Mm -hmm. you said that you had this kind of almost maybe points of realization, uh, where it was coming to you in a fresh way. Oh, wow. I, I'm not acting with love towards this person or my heart isn't filled with love towards them. So do you want to maybe just walk through, yeah, suggest some ways that you can determine maybe if, if someone's listening to this and and Mm -hmm. is saying, Hey, I want to be honest with my own heart. I want to, I want to be aware if I'm not acting with love towards someone, how can you start to identify some of those things in yourself? Okay. Great question. So how do you know if your love is genuine? And these have gone through my own heart. I, I made these up for myself. Okay. <laughs> and, and I, it was a kind of a test of, okay, so where am I at with this? And let's be really honest and let's repent. You know, I, one morning I'll be, I'll be real. I'll expose myself even more, you know, forever on the OCP on the ordinary church podcast. This is here for posterity, right? Until, until everything burns and Jesus returns. Uh, every until Jesus returns and everything burns, right? And so, the in that order. Uh, so the thing is, I had to admit, and I was I was getting ready for for church on a Sunday morning, and I was you know getting ready to preach, and it was on a communion Sunday, and I remember thinking to myself, kind of, some people came into my mind like I don't think they're repentant. Like how do I know their heart? Well. I'm, I'm kind of fruit inspecting, like I see it and I see them doing things to other people or even towards me. And so I was thinking to myself, will they repent before, before, you know, the service kind of a thing, you know, and, and I, I really take it seriously when you come to the Lord's table, you need to make sure that there's no unreconciled relationships between you and God, you and other Christians, you and other people. And as far as possible, be at peace with all people. And as I was thinking that that's when I thought, I don't love them. I don't like them. And, and I had to admit that. And I, I was praying, Lord, give me a love for them. Give me a like for them <laughs> that could turn to love or give me a love for them that would cause me to like them, yeah. you know, yep. that I would make these hard choices and realize that my mind had gotten infected by some unlove towards some people. And so how do you know if your love is genuine? And I came up with, um, I guess, six, I guess they're statements. Okay. The first is this, you know, just like, you know, you love your spouse. And what I mean by that, and I, I didn't express this to the group, uh, I think it was yesterday, uh, was I've said this to young guys that come to me and they, and they say, you know, I, I, I like this gal and I, I, how do I know if I'm supposed to marry her? My answer is always the same. You will know. You will know without a doubt and you'll be compelled. Okay. It's like the love of Christ constrains us, controls us. You know, you'll know if your love is genuine, just like you love your spouse and, and you just like you love the church. Unless, of course, your heart has gotten hard hmm. and then you need to repent. So like, like I've said recently a lot, admit that the people and the problems in your life are not the reason you lack peace. 
your pride is. So admit the, the reason you don't love people or like people is not their fault and not the fault of the circumstances you're in. It's that your pride is in the way. So admit you don't like them and ask God to give you a love for them. You know, yeah. so that's the first one, you know, hmm. you know, <laughs> unless your heart's gotten hard then Almo- you need to repent. Almost just uh, tell me what you're saying. But if you were to sit down and just really be honest with yourself, maybe just at face value, some of these things will immediately come to mind mm-hmm. and you'd realize, yeah, you know what? I've been I've been harboring some kind of frustration towards so and so or I don't like this person that I see at church or whatever it may be. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Keep going. Okay. So a second one is you don't regret any good thing you're enabled to do and you don't hold back good from others. So you don't regret any good thing that God enables you to do. You don't like do it, you know, in a false way. You, you know, I mentioned the killing with kindness thing where I kill them if they're, if they're unkind to you kill them with kindness but the kill them part makes you kind of go yeah because they're my enemy you know and it's like no (laughs) bless them let love be without dissimulation no hypocrisy no i love them but you know no i love you man and then stab them in the back no Mm -hmm. so don't regret any good thing you're enabled to do don't hold back good from others that's the second thing Uh, the third thing i'd say is you know your love is genuine if you repent often of your sins and at the same time, you keep no thought of uh, keeping track of other people's sins, mm-hmm. which is we just become expert at that. Um, and I found I have to pop that balloon or burst the bubble that I've insulated myself in and say, I got to see the world as it really is. Get a good picture of who God is and who I am and who others are and stop thinking of myself more highly than I ought to think and think soberly as God is allotted to each a measure of faith. So repent often of your sins and don't give thought to keeping track of other people's sins. Mm-hmm. Um, fourth thing is... Um, you look to encourage others with no thought of any return to yourself. So easy to, to say, well, I'm going to do this and hopefully I'll get a little benefit from it. But And then one thought I have is never talk about the flock in ways that do not honor Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been guilty of that. I think everyone's probably been guilty of that some way, but don't, uh, for. and this is really for anybody in the flock, but especially for elders and pastors. Never talk about the flock in ways that do not honor Christ. And then may, you know, that, that prayer, may your love abound still more and more. Overflow the blank banks with blessing to others and be genuine. Um, two more, I would say number five would be you can truly rejoice when others succeed and you don't uh, think about how much more worthy you are. <laughs> it's so easy for me to, you know, see someone doing something good or getting something good and going, well, they're a self-promoter or they have all these connections or you know, uh, they must be compromising biblical truth, you know? Right. Uh, and just, that's just not from the Lord. And I have to call it for what it is and repent of it. So tr- I need to truly rejoice when others succeed and, and not think about how much more worthy I think I am. Um, and so let me just go through these first five. You, you know, just like, you know, you, you love your spouse and you love the church unless your heart has gotten hard. Repent. Um, you don't regret any good thing you're enabled to do and you don't hold back good from others. Uh, third, you repent often of your sins and you give no thought to keeping track of other people's sins. Fourth, you look to encourage others with no thought of any return to yourself. And fifth, you can truly rejoice when others succeed and you don't think about how much more worthy you are. And then the last one, and this, this, is, this is the capstone, this is the most important one. Number six, you truly find your rest in Christ and then you see him as more glorious than anything on earth. Hmm. Truly. And I think and in my life, I have to... I have pushed myself that way. And I and to find my rest in Christ and to see him as more glorious than anything on earth, I must argue with myself. And I must 
be like, like Paul says, I buffet my body. I make it my slave. Lest after I have preached to others, I would be disqualified. Just like an athlete, I, I'm going to work hard and I will discipline myself for godliness in this way. It doesn't just drop out of the tree and into your hand. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have to go up and pick the fruit. <laughs> yeah. Like you truly find your rest in Christ and you see him as most glorious, more glorious than anything on earth. And um, I, I think often of Acts 13, 36, where it says David, after he served the purposes of God in his generation, fell asleep. He died, got out of the way and, you know, somewhat forgotten. <laughs> yeah. We remember him, obviously. But and then there's a quote. I'll just close with this and then I'll, I'll pass it back to you. But John Owen said this. And I love John Owen. And I love his book, The Glory of Christ. He said this, by beholding the glory of Christ by faith, we shall find rest to our souls. Our minds are apt to be filled with troubles and fears, cares, dangers, distresses, ungoverned passions and lusts. By these, our thoughts are filled with chaos, darkness and confusion. But where the soul is fixed on the glory of Christ, then the mind finds rest and peace. For to be spiritually minded is peace. Hmm. And that's where I need to reside. Hmm. Amen. That's super helpful. Thanks for throwing those out. Um, hmm. I, I actually, well, I was the one who suggested that we tackle this, this topic on the podcast because I just was so helped by just hearing you walk through those things in the last few days. Um, I'm just thinking of your, that last point about the glory of Christ. Uh, if I'm, I was, I was trying to think as you were talking, why is it that I don't love people? You know, why is it that I find myself frustrated? And there's probably a variety of reasons that play into that. But I think one is that I just, I care too much about my own glory, you know? So when I feel like somebody is being abrasive against that and, and grinding me, you know, down, you know, making me smaller in stature, well, I react against that. And I, you know, whether it's that their life compared to mine, I think it makes me look bad or I don't think that they care about me very much, whatever it is. Well, that's all about, that's me playing a game where I'm, you know, about my own glory. Mm-hmm. And if I'm about Christ's glory and I'm not selfishly trying to, you know, be glorious myself, then all of a sudden, all of that motivation towards, you know, lovelessness goes away because I'm not concerned about myself anymore. So yeah, I, I just, I really appreciate that last point. If you're yeah. resting, it's, you know, it's hard to imagine the person who's really resting in Christ and then looks at somebody else and has a bunch of, you know, frustration or anger towards them, mm-hmm. doesn't like them. Yeah. So I often uh, remember what A.W. Tozier said in his book, The Pursuit of God, which you know, we agree with some things in there. We don't agree with some of his theological takes, but Tozier was just so pithy. But one of the things he said was, if, if you just take the Beatitudes and flip them upside down, you know, or turn them inside out or whatever, there's your human race. Hmm. And what he said was, we see nothing in the world of men approaching uh, the Beatitudes. We, we don't gravitate that way. Instead, he said something like people are fighting and clawing with every ounce of their, of their being for their own place. And they're so injured by what everyone else does against them. And he's like, just yesterday you were saying you were a mouse, you know, you were a, a worm just yesterday. You were saying you were unworthy, but now you're rising up and saying, how dare you? You know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it's like the love, it's the lovelessness. And when we love ourselves more than Christ, we will find ourselves in many predicaments. Yeah. 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 Of our own making. Right. You know, no, it's so true. Another one that stood out to me from that list. I just think it's so true. If I ever have, if I can detect anything in me that doesn't want to rejoice at the success of somebody else, that's a huge flag. You know, and we can probably all relate to that, but Mm -hmm. there's anything in me that, that I see somebody else doing well, or maybe, maybe I've noticed a certain struggle in someone 
and I see something in myself that's almost just barely like not wanting them to make progress. Oh, yeah. And I hold on to the fact that there's something in them and I don't want to celebrate the, the movement forward, whatever that may be. You know, you can apply that in your own life as oh, you're yeah. listening, but man, that is like, that one's a huge flag. And I find that true of myself sometimes, you oh, know, yeah. someone, it's like I'm rooting against them. And when that's happening, I can talk to them blue in the face about how much I love them. We're brother and sister in Christ, you know, but man, that's, that shows the real state of my heart. Yeah. It's from the pit of hell, right? It's yeah. like, I have never said this out loud before, but I have found too many parallels in my own heart sometimes to Saul. I don't mean Saul who became Paul. I mean King Saul that was rejected hmm. and how he looked at David with suspicion yep. and that he actually, the, the, the one that rings in my ears is he's not here because he must be unclean. He's not here because he must be have sinned <laughs> and he's done something wrong. That is such a good right. One. And yeah. he just sees him as this enemy and I'm just way too competitive. And, and it's, right. I think probably to the end of my days, but I'm hoping that as, as sanctification becomes more, uh, you know, prominent in my life, there will be less of Saul and more of David, totally. you know, in terms of the pure heart after, right. after God. Right. No, amen. You think about who, you know, who in the world outside of Christ could be in Saul's shoes and hear David, Saul slain his thousands and David is 10,000. <laughs> yes. Who can respond well to that apart from Christ? Mm -hmm. I can't, no. <laughs> you know, if you're in Saul's shoes and you hear that, yeah. David is like enemy number one now, you know, this yeah. guy is just totally stomping all over me. He got some but, props and then David got more. So he lost in right. his mind, right? Yeah, Cause absolutely. he was, cause he was trying to win. Right. It's like, no, for the glory of God. And I think I speak too often for, about the glory of God and then think of my own. Yep. And I, I keep yeah. repenting, keep repenting, that's, keep repenting. That's a helpful way to say yeah. it. No, I totally agree. We want to bring this one in for a landing. Um, maybe just a, a final encouragement to all of us. You know, I just, I'm thinking about the end of Psalm 139. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're just asking that question, how can I detect, you know, in my own heart, what's going on? It's always helpful to pray and, and say, you know, search me, oh God, know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts, see if there's any unrighteous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting, you know, Lord, like Amen. help me to see what's there and then lead me forward, you know? And as we grow further and further with the Lord, I think our focus just moves more and more outward where we're not just, you know, kind of constantly almost cripplingly inward focused, but we just know the Lord loves us. And we are asking ourselves the question, you know, is it my turn to, to visit so-and-so in the hospital or how can I bless somebody else today? Um, it all becomes, somewhat simple in that way. But listeners, we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I uh, hope this was helpful to you and an encouragement. Uh, until next time, have a great day and week uh, serving the Lord. And we'll talk to you next time on the Ordinary Church Podcast. God bless you.